episode 42 of Super Entertainment presents the television crossover universe on the Grand Guggenheim Network, coming to you live from Castle Wolfenstein, hosted by the TVCU crew. The TVCU crew are a team of crossovers to devote way too much time to connecting the dots through official crossovers and Easter eggs, all in order to demonstrate a shared fictional reality we call the television crossover universe. Well, another host shakeup. Our new permanent host has gone on the lam to watch football, but thankfully, one of our most stalwart guests has stepped in, actually was scheduled long before Mary Holland went running away from us, Mike S. Harris, everyone, who has been on three of our previous episodes. Greetings, Mike. Greetings. Glad to be back on the other side of the mic, as it were. Yes, now you're one of us. Mike on the other uh, side of the mic. That's awesome. Well, there you go, Chris. You're hey. off and running, my friend. I'm just sitting, actually. <laughs> now, cutting that short, welcome to Family Feud. Representing the Harris family, we have Micah S. Harris, award-winning author and now film historian. Representing there the Nigro family, we have Chris Nigro, founder of Wild Hunt Press, author and inspiration for the Bee Gees. Harris family, we polled our studio audience, and their top answer is on the board. The question, what do you have to shamelessly plug tonight? Okay, uh, that would be my uh, article that is coming out at the end of October about the unmade Thongor of Lemuria movie. Uh, Thongor has uh, become a rather obscure character, uh, but... Uh, uh, not, I guess, it was ever that popular <laughs> known, but, uh, you know, the people who follow this uh, uh, podcast uh, may, you know, know of him uh, because of their interest in sword and sorcery and fantasy and, and horror, and uh, Thongor is sort of, you know, run uh, far below Conan, uh, the barbarian from uh, whom he was inspired, and, um, of course, you know, Conan got a major push into the public consciousness with uh, Arnold's movie. The Thongor movie, if things had proceeded on schedule, uh, would actually have possibly beat the Conan movie uh, into the to the theaters. Uh, but there were stop, starts and stops and all kinds of problems along the way. Uh, Milton Sabotsky, uh, the producer uh, who gave us uh, such classics, as and now the screaming starts, uh, the beast must die, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, uh, and the first person to adapt the EC horror stories, such as Tales from the Crypt, into live action form. This was his dream project, and he worked on it for about eight years and never was able to pull it off, apparently, still trying at the time of his death to somehow rescue the, the project in some form. Uh, it would have been a stop-motion animation film, uh, and uh, I've been fascinated with it for about 30, 40 years. And uh, I've been getting answers, and now I'm ready to share them with the world. 40 years. So, wow, you've been doing it since you were, like, negative 20, right? You're not that yeah, old. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I just, I just have a youthful voice, James. You haven't seen the decrepit body that goes along with it. Uh <laughs> I, I keep it locked. So you are the crypt keeper. Oh, yeah, I keep it locked up, myself locked up <laughs> <laughs> from public viewing. 
Nigro family, again, we polled our studio audience about your upcoming work and everything you find exciting. What do you have to plug? Wow, you you called me the inspiration for the Bee Gees? You give me much too, cre- much too much credit, James. I know, bad. Anyway, <laughs> um, sorry. I apologize to the audience for that one. Anyway, as I was saying, um, I was very honored to be asked to, asked to write the foreword for the second volume of Matt Denyon's two-volume series that will that will reprint all of his stories from G Fan Magazine, where he has their mascot G Fantas battling a kaiju character that has been created from another author, and some created by him, which is a massive kaiju crossover series. And I'd like to thank Matt. I'm pretty excited for that. Very cool. Okay, board, show me introduction. Eh. Sorry, Chris. We were looking for plastic couch covers. That sounds more like something. Oh, yeah, okay. You were talking about the buzzer. You were in doing the It's Not There buzzer when that that X appears on the screen, right? Yes. Okay, the There are nothing but X's on your screen right now. It mirrors my life. What can I say? I would like to shamelessly plug 18th Fall Productions' newest book, After Avalon, which just came out in print as of recording the day before recording, actually. This is, again, one of my favorite books we've done, and also I think the print edition is probably our single best-looking book to date. The cover artists, the design, everyone who worked on this book really knocked it out of the park, and I'm impressed. So... Let's, so we'll be right back on with the man who might be our most interesting guest of all time, right after these messages. Chris, would you like to introduce our guest? I more than have to. With us today, we have a very cool guest that, as usual, I'm very thrilled to have here. He's a comic book writer who during the 70s, has written for um, horror stories for Warren Comics and DC Comics anthologies like House of Mystery and for Red Circle Sorcery from Archie. Yes, Archie Comics got into the act too. And he's also recently gotten back into writing comic books. Allow me to present T. Casey Brennan. Oh, wow. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the great build-up there, Chris. Uh, I, the first thing I want to say is, my God, I love the Warren verse, you know, and that, that's your invention, right? I mean, it's part of the Walt Newton universe, and somebody else invented that, but I think you invented the Warren verse, did you not? Well, I base, what I basically did for that site, which, by the way, I'll announce here first, I'm, I'm going to be um, revamping and expanding and thinking of making a publication out of it, uh, but more on that in the future. Um, oh, great. I, that's fabulous, yeah. I hope many people agree great. with that, TK. Oh, yes, I've heard like, some of his plans for the book, and I'm excited for it. Thank you. And um, um, basically what the Warrenverse is about, I wanted to do, for starters, some of the characters that Warren published in, ser- in, in the series, mostly in Eerie, but also in Vampirella and occasionally Creepy, which was mostly without series characters, other than their two most popular, Vampirella and the Rook. Well, and Panther, even though she 
she's standalone, but she also later became part of Vampirella's world. But anyway, I wanted to to do detailed indexes, synopsizing and discussing some of the lesser known characters from um, who form basically what I call the Warrenverse, which is a shared universe. And one of the characters that included is Warren's version of Dracula. Now, that version, who is intimately connected with Vampirella, and yes, I mean intimate in every definition of the word, was basically created by Archie Goodwin. But um, T. Casey here embellished the character in a very memorable story arc that was early in Vampirella's run. And um, I'll get to that in a minute. But how it connects to the Walt Newton universe, which was basically the creation of Philip Jose Farmer, but has since been expanded upon by Win Scott Eckerd and Sean Lee Levin, who are the two um, current cu- curators, but which they now refer to as the crossover universe. I'll be making that update with the revamp. And um, by the way, um, Walt Newton universe refers basically to books that specifically encompass the work of Philip Jose Farmer. Um, the, the crossover universe is many things connected in that shared universe, but outside the work of Philip Jose Farmer, including the work. Okay, I get it, yeah. Yeah, but of course. okay, what I, I get, Yeah, it? I, I understand exactly. <laughs> wow, did I overdo it there. But now let's get to the meat of things with you, T. Casey. Um, what gave you the inspiration for, for the first of all, for embellishing the Dracula character in Vampirella? Okay, uh, that I, I swear to God, I talked to Catherine Lee Scott about this uh, of Dark Shadows at a convention years ago, and um, okay, I think it was about ten years ago. It, it might be even longer than that. And uh, uh, as you know, my career has had some real ups and downs, like all through the seventies. Yeah, award-winning comic book writer, and uh, then for years after that, you know. Uh, I, I, I was an outlaw. I was, I was, I was living on the streets. I was living in cults. I didn't like them. I pretended, you know. I mean, I was living a gangster life, and I was blacklisted, and I was, I was surrounded. So, uh, in the context of that, um, I, I, I went to a convention in that kind of shape. So I went, walked up to Catherine Lee Scott, who was also a guest at it, and I handed her a copy of uh, Vampirella of Draculon. Uh, number three that has the whole uh, the two part it, it should have been in one issue was 19 and 20 uh, Shadow of Dracula and it was my uh, it was my tribute to Dark Shadows you know and she picked it up immediately and I said oh my god I wish I could give you a copy I said but I'm semi homeless I eat at free meals I mean I didn't lie <laughs> but the thing is I wish I could give but she picked it up immediately I left it at her guest table, and I went back to up back to my guest table and let her read it. And then, uh, uh, because I had to buy it, Harris didn't even give me copies, you know. So the thing is that I, wow. I couldn't afford. I did, I did. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any income whatsoever. You know, it was like I, I mean, it was just an amazing. I'd been hit by a car. I was like uh, sleeping a different place every night. Sometimes sleeping in the forest. I mean, like, oh my god. And and uh, for whatever reason, uh, I had this amazing cadre of co-eds who wanted to interview me for stuff who were driving me around and all that. So actually, I look back on it as some of the best years of my life. I got like hit by a car in 2003, 
and I was homeless. For, uh, the, one of the first things that happened uh, after I got thrown out of the uh, hospital and put into the street uh, was I got taken in by a punk house, and, and uh, so I learned to be cool and like, oh my God, it's like Ed Ever is a, co- is a college child, so like, uh, like especially co-eds. Like there's some evidence of that left on the net and other, but especially wanting to interview me. So, I mean, I was leading this strange life, you know, where, where uh, on the one hand, uh, you know, I had all kinds of things that, uh, that, uh, that like uh, an oppressed homeless poor person should not have, you know, like, for instance, zillions of college girlfriends plus comics on, by me in the library and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that, even in that context. Somebody would roll up on me and ask for an autograph, you know. So anyway, you're doing a lot better than I did in college. (laughs) You're the man, TKC. (laughs) But 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 I'm from what? You're the man. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm the the man. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but it was in that I got to explain. I mean, like I would have been so honored to give uh, Catherine Lee Scott uh, of Dark Shadows a copy of uh, the the comic book. That, uh, you know, undeniably, undoubtedly, you know, I deliberately set it up to rip off Dark Shadows. Deliberately, you know. I turned a- my Dracula into Barnabas. My Dracula was Barnabas pure and simple, you know. Oh, cool. And, and yeah. uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wanted, so, yeah, it, it, yeah, your version of Dracula, TKs, he wanted to reform. He wanted to make up for all the evil he did, but he always failed at it. Stole that from Barnabas Collins because, see, that was the thing that if you, I watched the show religiously, and I've never watched soap operas before in her sense, and and uh, well, uh, no, there's one exception, Strange Paradise, that was in, uh, the Canadian version. But uh, anyway, uh, I watched the show religiously, and uh, the, one of the things I picked up on is that they they would have certain storylines that would last uh, X and a, a, a number of weeks or months or whatever. And my favorite storyline, which I also incorporated into my Vampirella, uh, was 1897. You know, I liked the I liked the whole the, the the way they dressed, the way they looked, the way they talked. 1897. Okay, that's my year. And but the thing is that there were numerous storylines that would begin and end. And one of the things that I noted was that uh, particularly the Barnabas character, they liked to use that character as both hero and villain. You know. This is the way Marvel did with Submariner, you know? <laughs> so the thing uh, is that they, yeah, yeah, they had to work that aspect into the Barnabas character. So, you know, he would just, for, for weeks, he would just be a merciless vampire. And the people all scared, oh, my God, the vampires, God is a vampire. Oh, Barnabas said, okay, good, I don't care, I'm killing more and so on. But at the, at the end of that storyline, something or other happens, and he turns good. And then he's the hero for the next six weeks. And uh, so that was the practical aspect of, of, of a remorseful Barnabas. But, uh, you know, I was young, and maybe that, and I, I guess I took it right. You know, I found it emotionally moving, and I put it in my stories, you know. And uh, so, yeah, that's why Barnabas. <laughs> but I'll tell you something strange, uh, and I did not come up with this. Some uh, blogger came up with this. Uh, I mean, I didn't publish it. But the Conjurist has the exact identical costume to the uh, Alia. How do you pronounce that? Alia, Alia, Queen of the Damned. How do you pronounce that? Do you know? No, I don't. I'm not a big um, Anne Rice fan. I, I, I'm, I'm just a moderate one. I, 
I. Is it, oh, Micah? Okay, Aelia. Uh, I think uh, it's uh, A A L A A A A L I. the actress who played her. Yeah, that's the actress who played Queen of the Dam. Yeah, but the thing is, they took the exact conjurist costume, the exact conjurist. They got everything, the medallion, the whole works. Wow. It's just amazing. That I know. It is really cool. And yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't come up with that. Uh, I, uh, somebody else, I mean, I didn't come up with publishing that. Somebody else, I, it's, it's Chris, somebody, I read it, put it in his blog. But I swear to God, when I first saw that movie, I was lying on the couch and hit by a car and still seriously injured and thrown out of the hospital and 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 uh, given no, I had no money, I had no income, I had I was injured, and these punk rocker kids had taken me in, and I was lying on the couch and watching this movie uh, on their like big you know high tech uh, two thousand three style high tech TV, and uh, and I I saw that immediately that that was the contrast, and I mean I was in pain, I was injured. And uh, I, 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 I was dying on the street. It was like before all the, the college students and girlfriends and all that mobbed me, which actually did happen after that. But the thing is that I'm watching that movie and I just gasp and I go, oh, God, you know, there's nothing I can do. But, yeah, that did happen. Now, I want to qualify that by saying that that was not, uh, I did not say this is the way I want the conjurer's costume to look because I never do that. Uh, I was talking to somebody about that today. Uh, they were asking about, how, you know, how do I do scripts? You know, if I say, like, you know, in my uh, Greek number five story, draw a spaceship, unless it's important that the spaceship look a certain way, you know, uh, I don't think I have to say any more than that, that, it ha- that it's a spaceship, you know. And if the artist can't think of how to draw a spaceship so that it's interesting, you know, I'd rather not work with them. So... Uh, the, the thing is that with uh, uh, the Conjurus, uh, uh, Jose Gonzalez just, you know, I said what the Conjurus w- w- was like. I, I did that in my descriptions, in my captions, in my dialogue. I let him choose the costume, and that was the way he chose the costume, and that was the way he designed the costume. And uh, But, yeah, it, it was completely appropriated. Uh, by uh, the Queen of the Dam movie. It's just amazing, you know. I can tell you another... uh, I was going to say, I can tell you another costume uh, from a movie that looks like Esteban Morado designed it is that of the the blood from the mummy's tomb. Uh, What the uh, Egyptian enchantress is wearing, uh, it looks like she stepped right out of a 73-worn... Magazine as one of Esteban Morata's sort of sorcery women. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. They did that with another. Marvel did that with a, a Morato character because I had a story called A Stranger in Hell. Now, this was in Erie number 38, and there was a stri- sequel called A Stranger in Eternity that Morato didn't draw. That might have been in, in Creepy. Uh, but the thing is that I had this character in there that I called the Messenger of Death. And like step, uh, step one, the guy, uh, he's like this tormented soul, and, and, and he can't die, and, and, and this demon's messing with him and all that. And he tries to jump in front of a train, and up comes the messenger of death, said, said okay, you know, nice try, but you couldn't do it. And uh, so that, uh, all that exact costume was stolen by Marvel to create Gamera. That's the messenger of death from Erie 38, and Gamera from... 
what is it, Adam Warlock, again, exact identical costume. It's like, oh, my um, God. Uh, <laughs> Mora, TKC. Yeah. Even though I don't mind you mentioning Gamera because he's a very cool giant fire-breathing turtle, but yeah. That oh, was wait, oh, wait, 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 that, 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 the girl is called Gamora? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gamera's a giant turtle, yep. But he's cool, too. Okay, all right, sorry. He's a children's okay, friend. Anyway, that, that girl, yeah, sorry. But uh, uh, anyway, oh, but I'll tell you another thing, though. Uh, when, now, I wish I had, I, I don't actually have any of my old Vampirella comics with me. But uh, in terms of what uh, Gonzalez could and could not design, uh, when I, in my first Vampirella story, uh, Beware Dreamers, and I had the idea, that, like right from the get-go, I wanted to turn Vampirella into a real superhero. And uh, I even had this fantasy uh, that I talked to Jim about in various times of... Uh, uh, putting uh, tights on her and 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 getting a code seal and and you know having Warren Comics code approved and selling drugstores you know uh, but, but the thing is that um, the the uh, the first one I wanted a Kirby style villain you know I wanted a kind of a villain I wanted to rip off Jack Kirby uh, 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 no. so the thing is that I when I designed this villain that was in this uh, Beware Dreamers. I put in the script that he has lightning bolts coming out of his head, which is obviously like Magneto. And I said he has lightning bolts coming out of his head. Well, this story was uh, conveyed back to me. I forget by who. I wish I could credit it, but, I mean, it's a legitimate story. Uh, legi uh, Jose Gonzalez had difficulty with the English language, and when he saw the phrase lightning bolts, he didn't know what it meant. Me, uh, he didn't, couldn't figure out what it meant. And so he went to the uh, English-American dictionaries and things, and, uh, I mean, English-Spanish uh, dictionaries and things, and uh, he came up with that it must mean lightning rods. And a lightning bolt and a lightning rod must be the same thing. So he made this character with lightning rods uh, on, on, uh, coming out of his, his head, and it's like a perfect, like, sideways mohawk, you know? And, and so when Harris colorized that, yeah, yeah, when Harris colorized that and reprinted it as uh, Vampirella of Draculon number one in 1996, it was cutting edge, you know, and, and Jose Gonzalez had made it that way by not figuring out what I was talking about, you know. So that, there's, another, there's another time where he did something pretty significant with the costume. But, yeah, that's what I was told. He didn't know what a lightning bolt was. He only knew a lightning rod. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think um, an, another, um, another question I would definitely like to ask you, TKC, that I think people would be interested in, yeah. is how would you, I, I know you also did horror stories for DC and for Archie, how would you compare um, working, you know, doing freelance work for DC and Archie compared to Warren during that era? Um, well, I mean, uh, there was the factor of the code uh, um, but the code was not actually that strict at that point. And uh, the publications, I mean, the, the, the uh, only DC comics that I worked for was House of Mystery, and the only Archie was Red Circle Sorcery. And both of those worked exactly the same. Uh, you know, I sent in the script, and they sent it off someplace. And with Warren, it was usually overseas, 
but with those, uh, I think it was usually those also, you know. So, yeah, it was pretty simple. Uh, so I, I, I know that you always had, what I would say, would you say you had a closer relationship with um, Jim Warren, like in terms you would could actually talk to him and, you know, more so than the editors of uh, DC and Archie? Well, um, I would see all of these people. Yeah, I would have to say that, yeah, because I never visited the offices of those other companies. Uh, I did meet the people I worked with occasionally at comic book conventions and the like. I dealt with them on the phone, but uh, I actually went into the Warren offices there in the Gould building uh, periodically. So, yeah, I guess you'd have to say that I had a closer uh, hookup with Warren. But, you know, the thing is that something happened, and, and now Warren kind of acknowledges that, but or I guess he does, or whatever, everybody does, but something happened kind of uh, uh, midway in the game there with Warren, and uh, the the later issues of, of Creepy are not in any way the same as the earlier issues. Likewise, Vampirella, I mean, they ruined the logo and, 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 and uh, uh, all kinds of things like that. Um, you, you know, it, it, they just... 1984 and 1994 really are not all that collectible, you know, and, and, uh, they, I mean, well, sort of, but what, what actually, they had one good contributor in all that time, and that was Rich Corbin, that was about it, you know, <laughs> so, uh, it just went the wrong direction, uh, it was during the time when I know that, unfortunately, Jim, you know, he got sick and he, he was not able to do, to be as hands-on as he used to be, yeah. you know, just running the company. And I know that's something you dealt with. Another thing, you know, to talk about is your Conjurella stories. You, you dealt with the situation yeah. with Jim. And, you know, what, what was your inspiration, basically, for, for the Conjurella stories? Oh, God. Well, you see, the thing is that... Uh... Well, I mean, I only changed a couple things, you know. I mean, I actually was unwillingly involved with MK Ultra and JFK. It's just that uh, it's set up. It's just amazing how it's set. I wrote that stuff in 1996, and uh, I was pretty much at the end of my line, uh, end of my rope as far as uh, uh, well. I mean, the good stuff just hadn't started up yet. Um, in, 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 by the mid nineties, uh, the seventies, all through the seventies, I was a comic book star uh, and the eighties, I did my band smoking in comics campaign, which was a ploy to get, uh, write-ups and government documents. And I got one from Bill Clinton and all that. I got all that, but there was no money in it. And, uh, my fans didn't know what I was doing, you know? So the thing is that there was no reinforcement of my readership. Uh, I mean, yeah, I got in the congressional record. Yeah, I got in. Uh, the UN has a magazine called World World Health from Geneva. I was in that a couple of issues. You know, a lot of uh, uh, government documents in my honor, the congressional record, and so on. But my fans, my readers, uh, the people that read House of Mystery, Creepy Eerie, Vampirella, they thought I'd just disappear. And none of those publications were out on the stands. Only a few people got them. You know, you had to go into a university library or something, you know, and, and, and be taken by one of the staff, you know, maybe with a flashlight. <laughs> you know, 
to get to any of those publications. So uh, I coasted through the 80s like that, and by the time uh, the 90s hit, it was like totally over, you know. And uh, so, uh, I, you know, I was working menial jobs and, and, and semi-homeless and so on. It wasn't a good life then at all, you know. And uh, I said, well, you know, it's t- I guess it's time to tell all on some of these guys. And uh, that's what I did. And uh, the, see, the thing is that at some point people will realize that I told the truth but unfortunately, by telling the truth, I probably prevented, I probably silenced a lot of witnesses. Because, see, here's the thing that people don't understand. I mean, it's a funny thing. It's a joke. I, I, you know, I'll laugh along with it where people will want to make jokes about my uh, alleged JFK involvement and so on. But they haven't ever looked into it. What it actually said was that my late parents were both school board officials. And... Uh, they, they were wonderful people in a lot of ways. In fact, they fought to keep uh, school taxes low. Uh, they, they, my mother was the CEO of a K-8 district, kindergarten through eighth grade. And uh, my dad was on the St. Clair County Board of Education, St. Clair County, Michigan. Now, it's, it's, they, they no longer have county boards of education. But a- anyway, uh, they were committed to... Uh, low taxes and, and, and not consolidating the school districts and so on. And uh, that was all good. But my dad had an association uh, with a man uh, in Port Hope, Michigan, who was a hypnotist. And uh, uh, he, he, because of, of his role of, of authority in the community, uh, he would take uh, uh, adolescents, including myself, but m- mainly myself, uh, to this guy. You know, And this guy was... Uh, this guy was said, this is the, this is from 59 on, you know, this guy was hypnotizing and drugging kids and seeing who could be used, uh, as assistance in assassinations. And, uh, what I said I did, I did do, you know, there is simply no question about it. I mean, oh my God. I mean, it's wonderful to do for to present it as some kind of, 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 of fictional drama, part of the Warren verse or part of, uh, you know, uh, the, the comic book collecting or whatever. I've, I've, I've sold some of the JFK stuff at, at comic book conventions those, those few times that I've been made a guest. But the thing is that uh, what I, what I, I said it well. I said it artistically. I said it emotionally. I said it the way that I said on the wings of a bird or carrier of the serpent or or, or Bride of Faustus, my new one, and, and, and Crypt Number 7. I said it all those ways, but but it was true. It's, but I, I had to say it that well uh, so that it would live on. There was, if, it, if, if I had done it any other way, if I just sat down at somebody's phone, I didn't have one in those days, I said I was poor, but if I just sat down at somebody's phone and said, okay, give me the Dallas County District Attorney's Office, give me the... Uh, U.S. Department of Justice and, da, 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 and told each and every one of them, well, okay, this is hard to tell, but uh, my parents were school board officials and they were involved with this hypnotist and he was training kids with hypnosis and drugs to help out in assassinations and everybody had to do it and they kidnapped me and flew me to Dallas and put a hood over my head and made me shoot at the, at the president. I Actually, I don't think my shot connected. But, I mean, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, like, oh, my God. Why in the world would that make a difference? This guy is in Port Hope, Michigan, 
you know, d- demanding more kids every damn Saturday so we can give them uh, shots in the in the neck and, and hypnotize them and, 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 and send them out on damn missions, you know? I mean, uh, how is that not the main thing? You know, why is the main thing, did I or did I not shoot JFK? What in the hell difference does it make? You know, I mean, I mean, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. When they 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 they, they took me to the airport, and and uh, like, okay, that morning, my dad picked me up. My dad came into my room. It was dark. Drove me to Yale, Michigan. See, nobody even knows these places, and that's why I'm not on the witness stand. Because if I the JFK researchers are all stupid, you know, and if I tell them the swamp school that my mother was the CEO of. Uh, that's the K-8 district or, or, or the Yale uh, Airport, Yale, Michigan. They don't even know these places exist. But it was like a really dark that he took me there and uh, they injected me in the neck and put me in a box and flew me into to Dallas. And my dad said they rolled me around on a, with a, a handcart all morning. I don't know. How, how, but then anyway, they, they dumped me out, which I guess was the sixth floor, dr- uh, put the a gun together there in the room, you know, while I was recovering consciousness, braced it to the window and draped me over it with a hood over my head and pulled the hood off and said, shoot, and I did. And I probably had a bunch of John Birch pamphlets in my back pocket because that's what I've been passing out at high school. You know, I was already set up for that kind of stuff because my my dad was uh, in with all these right-wing guys and I'd pass out all the pamphlets. John Birch Society, yeah, all of them. The Dan Smoot report, the, the Christian anti-communism crusade, the Christian crusade. Uh, it, it, I mean, it wasn't that I was committed to any of them. It's that my parents' friends were, the, were uh, with these groups, and uh, they wanted me to pass out the pamphlets. Well, the thing is that if I'd leaned out the window over that gun, which is where they put me, and I'd been shot from the street, you know, they would have had a, a ready-made uh, uh, right-wing nut you know, right then and there. But see, the thing is, that's what actually happened. And the JFK researchers, uh, basically, they're in that business to defend J- David Berry. And he's the guy that doctor, the doctor in Port Hope was, was uh, putting uh, soliciting kids for. The JFK researchers ostensibly are there to say Lee Oswald was innocent. Well, he definitely was innocent because I saw him right after uh, David and Perry and I did the shooting. I, did, I fired one shot and threw myself on the floor and, 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 and tried to push the rifle out the window, and Perry jumped on it, and I could hear other shots. You know, there's no question that there were other shots, and there's no question that, that okay, if it, the, 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 they say Perry was at Marcello's trial. I mean, there's no actual record of that, you know, but even if it were, even if it were a double like they just used for Hillary Clinton, you know, who in the hell cares? You know, Earnshaw did these things. He did these things to the president. He did these things to kids. And, it's, you know, it actually should be uh, published and investigated in some place more than a damn comic book. You know, oh, my God. But that's what we got. And, and like I say, if I'd done it the other way, you know, if I just sat and called police agencies and say, you know, you've got to listen. <laughs> you've got to believe me. The, the hypnotist, he was crazy, he drugged me, he blew me to Dallas and all that. You know, it's, it, it's, it wouldn't have lived on. It wouldn't have lived on at all. And, and this way it will. This way it will live forever. 
you know, and it's going to have to. I mean, well, I oh think, my God! I think that's an important, an important, um, an important contribution to society that that you know the fictional medium, including the horror medium, makes. We take things that have affected us in real life, stories that need to be told, and we tell them using metaphor. You know that that's that's what the horror medium is is, is always been for, and I, I think you did that well. You did that well, keeping it alive that way. And I must say, T. Casey, I was pretty proud and psyched that you let me make a part, make that a part of the Warren verse because you certainly are an important part of that. Oh God, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm glad you that you saw it. I mean, of course, I'm part of the Warren verse. Like, oh my God. But yeah, you picked up on it immediately, and that's the way we can keep it alive. But. I mean, I wish I could say it was allegory and so on. I mean, a lot of my works were, certainly, and uh, uh, I'm not the first to point out that that Carrier of the Serpent, the, the, the predecessor to Woman of the Serpent from Creeps Number 5, before that there was Carrier of the Serpent in Erie Number 38, both with a Ken Kelly cover. But the whole idea of the caveman carrying the snake and gradually turning into a snake, you know, yeah, it's a metaphor about being corrupted by the CIA. It's as simple as that. You know, there's a lot of other ways that I could have candy-coated it and put it being corrupted by society or capitalism or whatever. That's what it's about, being corrupted by the CIA. So, yeah, sometimes there are metaphors. Unfortunately, uh, with Conjurella, uh, not much there in the way of metaphor. I mean, far less than anyone think, uh, anyone thought. Uh, Conjurella... When I first wrote the story, um, I had reservations about telling all the truth all at once, you know, and it, it was just scary to me. So I thought if I told it that way, that everybody would figure it out. And to my amazement, uh, not only they didn't, but I kept writing more stories. And the, and the, and the later stories, well, the one in, 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 in uh, Active Comics Presents, of course, would be an example, and the idea... You know, I, I, I wrote this blow-by-blow account of, you know, my, uh, uh, my early schooling and my, my grade school and my high school and the, and the hypnotist and so on, ending with the Kennedy assassination, and nobody gave a damn. Nobody even wanted to publish it, much less question me on it. So I began writing these other uh, bi- autobiographical stories, memoirs, they're called. I only learned that... <clears throat> That was the definition of that word from my Wikipedia page, but <clears throat> which it used to be on there. So, anyway, uh, well, we, I, I, I decided will, that. Well, we, T. Casey, we, we totally believe in you. And one of the things I believed in, sorry to interrupt you there, but as I, I definitely wanted to say, I always knew, had no doubt you'd make it back to writing. And guess what? You did. And that's why I'd, I'd like you to say something about the creeps, your writing that's appeared in the, in the recent issues of the creeps. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, creep. Th- thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah. Okay, this is the same message, I swear to God. This is why uh, when your station called me here uh, at the beginning of this interview, I said, oh, gosh, is this the podcast or is this one of the people calling me back? Because Creeps Number 7 at all Barnes and Nobles uh, all over the United States has my newest story, Bride of Faustus. And on the cover it says, uh, well, uh, first it has new Rich Corbin art inside, and underneath that it says legendary Warren greats, and then there's the four legendary Warren greats, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, Basil Bogos, Richard Corbin, T.K.C. Brennan, and Nicola Cuddy. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I, I I encourage everyone, all our viewers, to pick up the creeps. It's the closest you're going to get to the format we remember of those great Warren magazines. And um, T. Casey will be, at least I hope T. Casey, you'll be writing regularly for it. And um, I hope so, I, yeah. I love I, the I, magazine. I, I encourage everyone to keep picking these magazines up, that they are a doorway into the past that we really need. And a lot of the original Warren writers and artists are back, including T. Casey. And even though we are um, going towards the end of the show, one thing I want to ask you to plug real quick, um, T. Casey, is talk maybe a little bit about your band, Frankenhead. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so uh, d- during the during the hard days, during the semi-homeless days, the, the, uh, the homeless celebrity with lots of girlfriends, however you add that up. But I went into the band, and so I've got a death metal band. We do appearances every so often, and... Uh, you, you have to search YouTube for Frankenhead uh, or T. Casey Brent Tangent Gallery. That's the one you should you guys should see. I mean, I did not like the Tangent Gallery at all. It was a dub. But uh, uh, Tangent Gallery, uh, oh, God, let me see if I can find it <laughs> on my iPod. I can give you exact instructions here uh, as, as to how to get. This is, my, this is not uh, just a video about my bad. You could actually see my bad on stage if I somehow load my uh, girlfriend's iPod with this very site and it's slow it's 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 a oh let me see I think we're getting there uh, I want to <laughs> I want to read off oh okay there we go <laughs> I, I, I now I'm getting it uh, <laughs> I, I saw your band on on, uh, on YouTube, and uh, okay, th- now I've got it. <laughs> Little Black Helicopters uh, Dash Tangent Gallery, June nineteenth, twenty fourteen, and uh, that's that's me. That's me with my guitar player on stage. You have to search for Little Black Helicopters Tangent Gallery, June nineteenth, twenty fourteen, and on the description it says, "Yeah, oh, a, a freaking head." Okay. They take a hand out. It's Frankenhead, T. Casey Brennan, and James McGree, it says. And I got a, I, I put a comment on it, and I plug Creeps number 7 there. And, yeah, that's Creeps number 7 at all, uh, uh, Bards and Nobles. But that's four ninety five. And the Tangent Gallery video is free on YouTube. If you could somehow get to uh, go over to your friend's house and say, Hey, man, can I play the YouTube? And they say, Yeah. Then search out searching for that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I update the Warrenverse soon, which I'm planning to do, I'll talk to you about that, T. Casey, about new stuff I'll put on there, including many advertisements for the creeps. And uh, and before we check out, you know, I want to say it was a great honor finally talking to you in Audible-wise, T. Casey. And I guess is, is there anything that um, Micah or James would like to ask you before we check out? Well, I have a question about... Uh the decline of Warren in uh, Harlan Ellison's uh, part of that. Did that figure into uh, a larger <laughs> scheme, supposedly, or what? You know? Well, I, I, all, all I know about that is I read about it in The Warren Companion. And I, I, I don't know if it's The Warren Companion is this uh, uh, from Two Morrows Publishing Company. And there's an interview yeah, with I me on page uh, 111, yeah. And I think there's something about the Harlan Ellison incident there. 
you know, I hate to, uh, to, to, to rehash it because I might not get it right. And, you know, it's been a long time. And uh, I have no idea. By the time that incident happened and by the time his court-ordered bankruptcy took place, I was pretty much persona non grata at Warren. I was kind of edging my way back in because I'd just gone into the congressional record uh, in 1982, and then, and I and I was trying to re-impress uh, the Warren people with stuff like that, and I think it was kind of working, but basically I was out of the loop by that time. So uh, you know, I okay. couldn't have, I, I yeah, I couldn't give you any first-hand reports on that. Okay, I'll tell you what I could give you a first-hand. In that same damned era, I swear to God, I my girlfriends sent me to Berkeley, Berkeley, California. And the, the comic book people there all joined arm-in-arm arm against me and blacklisted me, and, and, and I ended up at a, in a damn goofy guru cult uh, where the guy had been thrown out of the main cult and uh, was you know, in all kinds of trouble with the police. And my former housemate, whom I never met, he, he moved out of before I moved in, tried to kill Manson while in prison. And the L.A. Times descended on the temple uh, to ask about the uh, uh, the priest who had attempted to kill Manson. And I got and, and, and the, and he, the guy, the, the priest, apparently talked to some of the other uh, cult members. So I got a really good account of that. I got that's the kind from that era. That's the kind of thing that I saw firsthand. Not any kind okay. of inside doings at Warren. <laughs> Stuff in my gang, dude. Just stuff like that. That I'll I'll talk about for sure. You know, talk my gang be, happenings are... <laughs> talk about being confined to Helter. There what, was a, uh, what's that? I'm sorry. I said talk about being confined to Helter. It was a bad pun, Casey. I apologize. Helter yeah, Skelter. Yes, it was. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. Well, see, the thing is that uh, Bugliosi, um, um, uh, Reclaiming History... Uh, the assassination of President John F. K. He lists me on page 1496. Uh, I'm not in the index. 1496. I'm number eight on a list of possible JFK uh, shooters, and in a in a situation in which I'm ever uh, uh, required to testify, hands down, I will. You know, and I'll finger the guys that drugged me, that kidnapped me, and gave me those damned right wing pamphlets to stick in my back pocket. Well, they shoved me out the window. All those guys are going up, for sure. That I'll for sure talk about. But, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen now. I mean, it's, all of these things are so mysterious and, 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 and so suspicious, you know. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, there's an, that, that's the final link to Manson, is that Bugliosi fingered me as a possible JF shooter, uh, JFK shooter uh, six months before he, he clutched his heart and dropped, you know, and I would have told him for sure every step of it, you know, no, just to get back at the people that did that to my family, you know, I would have told him for sure every step of it. But uh, the thing is, that's uh, yeah, I, th there's there's another Manson tie, there's another Manson connection right there. But I was in the Colton Berkeley when. Uh, one of the former members, the, the, the cult that I was in, it was the Hansa Duda cult. Um, they were, they were 
religious, they were fanatically religious uh, in some ways, and in other ways they were really ill-behaved. And they had been even worse before um, Hans Aduda took it over, is what I'm told. And they got written up in Monkey on the Stick, uh, which, which was a story of, of uh, crime in the Krishna movement. So I tended to, I, I, I tried to, uh, I actually, I treated it as a homeless shelter for that reason. I'd sneak out and go to the free meal. I went to the free meals in Oakland, you know. I lined up for an hour, for an hour and a half uh, for free meals in Oakland in the 80s. I mean, I went to the quarter meal in Berkeley. I mean, like, I am hardcore bad. I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> so that's my stories of, of uh, oh, I, and I learned to fight dog packs. Well, well other guys were learning how, you know, we, we, to, uh, have things to report on. Oh, yeah, here's the inside dope on Ellison. I learned how to slide, do a karate slide to the nearest weapon when I'm surrounded by a dog pack in the ghetto. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, so, like, I'm proud I do it. I'm proud that I did all that. And I, and I for sure know how to face out a dog pack. And I've done it many times. And, and ghettos are infested with dog packs. It's the most dangerous. When I was in the ghetto in Detroit, in, 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 in Oakland, in Berkeley, uh, the most dangerous aspect of a, of a ghetto is the dog pass. Oh, my God, they're deadly. And you really have to learn how to fight them, you know, how to make it to a weapon and then fake them out, you know. Oh, my God, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff I could tell. Not what was in, her, in Harlan Ellison's heart or... You know, who, who, who got sued or why or how. <laughs> okay. Nary a... <laughs> gotcha. None of those people would have still... None of those people would have spoken to me in that era. You know, if I tried to speak to them, they, they would have put up... In fact, often did. They would have put up their noses and walked past me with their noses up. You know, that's, this, that's, that, that's just... They probably drove past me as I lined up for... Uh, the the uh, St. Vincent de Paul meal in Oakland, or, or, or the uh, there was something called the any, any really old people from that from the Bay will will know these things, you know if they went through what I did. But there was something called the Oakland Penial Mission, and I have no idea how to spell that or how, what it means. But there was something called the Oakland Penial Mission that only fed on on they were on Saturday, and uh, they they would let fifty men in. There were 50 people in, and the others howled like banshees because they were, they were locked out. So they'd let the first 50 in and lock them in and, and fight the others off. And then you had uh, a, a, a half a cup of lukewarm coffee and a, 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 a biscuit that you could hammer nails with and bean soup and a cracked bowl. I probably still have uh, diseases from those cracked bowls. It sounds I'm like sure that happens. Sounds like surviving in those ghettos was a canine to five job. Shameful. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely <laughs> shameful. Plan, Chris. <laughs> I tried. TKC, we're coming I mean, up on the end yeah. of our time. So, is there anywhere okay. that our readers can find you online? And also, please pitch your new comic one last time, so they know absolutely okay. that they have to get it. Preach number seven has my new story, Bride of Faustus, has a Basil Gogos cover, and it's at all Barnes and Nobles. And if you can't find it at Barnes and Noble, uh, I guess you can buy it online or eBay or whatever. Uh, Rich Sala was even saying that 
it's not that expensive to mail it overseas. Uh, they even have, but, uh, but there's some problem with uh, uh, mailing it f- uh, with cardboard backing or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, Creeks number seven with the new T. Casey Baron story, my name on the cover. Yeah, th- thanks a lot, gang. I, I sure want to tell them about that. I've been telling people all day. It's our pleasure to help you get the word out. And you play for creeps. Thanks. Sorry. Thanks, thanks, gang. <laughs> thanks much, gang. Pleasure. It's great to have you, Thank TKC. You. Oh, I loved it. I love telling all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, loved having you. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again yeah. sometime. And right now... Oh, that would be, be great, yeah. Right back after this break. That's all there is. There isn't any more. Join us next week when Mike and Chris and I sit down with the hosts of Miskatonic Musings for a most Mythosian mashup. Before we end, I want to thank our sponsor, the Illuminati, which asks you to remember, only having one eye hasn't hurt our depth perception. A special thanks to Robert E. Ronsky Jr. for starting us on this journey, as well as Tiny White and the Deadites for our show's theme, Leaf on a Stream. Thanks to all of us and make this possible. Remember to subscribe and rate our show on iTunes. It makes all the difference. As always, everything happens somewhere. Good night.